As I'm sure you've all have heard, today is going to be the last Sunday that there's just only going to be so few of us here. So uh, next Sunday, where public mass begins again, and it'll be good to see many of you in the pews. I'm, I'm quite excited about that. There are, of course, precautions that are to be taken. If you haven't read them already, that, that Bishop has posted, I have them printed in this week's bulletin, which you can find on our website. Also, there's a link on our, our website directly to the Dossison website where, where it's posted. So I encourage you to, to go there and look at that this week. I'll cover some of them next week, some of the precautions about how we're supposed to be a pew apart and so forth. So um, I'll let you uh, read that before next week, and then I'll speak more about it. Today is known as Good Shepherd Sunday. Also, it's known as the World Day of Vocations. I wanted to talk about three parts, or three things in this Mass. First of all, I want to talk about the Gospel reading and what, it, what a sheepfold is, and then I'll relate it to uh, seminary, particularly Sacred Heart Major Seminary in Detroit, where I went. And then lastly, the application for our lives. So first of all, many, many of us do not know what a sheepfold is. A sheepfold, it's the place, it's sort of the, the, the area that's fenced in where the sheep are kept and the shepherd watches over the sheep. That's, that's what, it, what it is. Uh, when I was in the Holy Land, as well as when I was in France and Spain, I would see a number of sheepfolds. It was usually a wall, maybe made of rocks, usually made of rocks, about maybe this tall, three feet tall. And then there would be a gate where the sheep would come on in, the shepherd would come on in, and they would go in and out. It was the place where the sheep were kept, especially at night, so that, uh, or maybe during a rainstorm or a snowstorm, where, where the sheep would be kept safe. When Jesus tells this story today, there's a number of characters involved with the sheepfold. There's the sheepfold, of course, the place you know where the sheep are kept. There's the sheep themselves who come on in and out. There are the shepherds, in the plural that is. I don't know if you notice how Jesus says that. The, the shepherds, there's many of them that come in and out. And then there are there's the gatekeeper, the one who allows the shepherd to come in to the sheepfold as well as the sheep. There are the thieves, there are the robbers, and then he, Jesus uses the words, there's the strangers. Usually the thieves and the robbers are in the same camp as the, as the strangers. There's also the voice of the shepherd, distinct from the shepherd himself. There's also the pasture, where, where they go out, where they feed, and they're given nourishment. And, and um, I believe there's, there's also the gate. Uh, so these are the, the images that I have. So the, the gate, of course, is the place where they go in and out. The gatekeeper, Jesus uses that word once. But when you really look into what he's talking about, and when you really look at what happens there in the other places in the Old Testament, what would end up happening is you had the sheepfold. There would be a gatekeeper, the one who would be in charge of the sheepfold, then there would be a number of shepherds out in the fields, and they would bring their sheep in. They would come to the gatekeeper, and the gatekeeper, if he knew the shepherd, would allow the shepherd to come on in through the gate along with his sheep. So the gatekeeper is the one who protects the sheep and also makes sure that the shepherds are the rightful owners of the sheep. A gatekeeper would not allow just any old shepherd and his sheep to come on in. Um, 
Of course, there are the shepherds. The shepherds, think of them as the one, they're the good leaders. They're the ones who really take care of their sheep. Uh, and then, of course, the thieves, they're the ones who, who, um, who try to smooch off of you know, the shepherds. They're the thieves are the ones who try to use the sheep for their own benefit. And then the robbers are the ones who exploit, and it usually implies violence. They do something violent to the sheep. Now I want to relate this image that you just heard to Cardinal, or excuse me, Sacred Heart Major Seminary where I went. I didn't realize that, that Sacred Heart Major Seminary was kind of like a sheepfold, um, maybe much more so than, than other seminaries, and probably in a way that you don't realize. So as you know, Detroit, Michigan has had a lot of poverty for a number of years, really since the riots in the 60s. They were supposed to, in, I don't know if you knew this, but in the 60s, they had put up a bid for the World Olympics to take place in Detroit, Michigan. And because of all, all the, um, the racism going on between the blacks and the whites, when it happened, it became a riot place, and the Olympics never happened in Detroit. And it really got very impoverished. So, so the seminary, the Sacred Heart, is right in downtown Detroit, or right in the main part of Detroit, when I was there, the seminary bu uh, building is still quite, is still beautiful like it was when it was built in 1919. So now it's 101 years old. It's, it's very ancient. It's like a mansion. It, it really is. I was not in every room in that building. And there were a number of, of rooms, you know, that I would find out after I was there for two years or three years. And I'm like, wow, I never knew this room was here and so forth. Just, it was kind of a dream place that you have as a kid. But because it was in Detroit with, with a lot of the, the robberies going on and the, the difficult situation, they built a fence around the seminary. And in order to get into that fence, you had to go through the gate. There would always be a gatekeeper there. They would have three guards on duty 24-7. There would be the gatekeeper who would allow you into the fence. And then when you came into the building, there was only one door to get into the building. There would be another person who would have to recognize you uh, in some way and then would allow you to come on into the building. The third guard was the one that would travel around. It was you know, a very big place, and he or she would walk around the whole property and make sure that nobody was coming in to, to steal things, which did happen from time to time. It was my first year there. There, there, were, there was somebody who, whose car was stolen from the parking lot. The parking lot was also inside the fence. Um, it was stolen. There was a, another time where some other things were stolen. So people would, the thieves and the robbers, would jump over the, the five or six foot steel fence. They would jump over and they would try to steal things. Earlier, I heard these stories that, that someone would come even into the building and steal stuff from the building. The reason for the fence, the reason for the gatekeeper, was to protect the sheep, all of us seminarians, all of us going to school. There were about 300 others who also were studying there, um, students just getting theology degrees. A thief would not come through the gate. A thief would jump over the fence. A robber would not come in through the gate. He would jump over the fence to take something, to rob the place of something. That image 
of someone jumping over the fence rather than going through the gate really stands out in my mind. Because the one that goes through the gate will meet the gatekeeper, and the gatekeeper who will recognize him or her will allow him or her then to come on in. That's the image that Jesus uses here. Many scholars say that the gatekeeper is actually our Father in heaven. Now our Father in heaven who knows the shepherds, who knows the pastors, the Latin word pastor literally means shepherd, he who knows them and who picks and who chooses them and assigns them to take care of you know, the people, his flock, and that could be, of course, I as a religious leader, as a clergyman, but also could be other leaders as well who are told and are responsible to take care of, of the people. That our Father in Heaven puts them in charge, these shepherds, these leaders, to take care of God's people, the ones that He has created. But then there are those who, who aren't good shepherds, but they are thieves and robbers. And they try to manipulate others, they try to control others for their own benefit. When Jesus says that he is the gate, what he's referring to is that those who come into the sheepfold through the gate, they're the ones that the gatekeeper can trust. They're the ones who, who, who feel safe and who know that that's where they're supposed to be. Of course, Jesus is using this in a whole nother way, which is my third point. That the sheepfold is the church. And that the only way one can enter into the church is through Jesus. For it's through the church that, that we're brought to heaven. It's through the gate that we're brought to heaven. Jesus is that gate. In our second reading, or excuse me, in our first reading, um, Peter is speaking and he speaks about baptism. When all these people repent, when all these people are asking, you know, well, what, what must we do? They had just heard about who Jesus was, that he, he's this, this Messiah, he's the Son of God, he's the one who who was dead and is now alive. And they're like, well, what do we need to do to, to follow this, this, this uh, person, this shepherd? And, and Peter responds, repent and be baptized. We all know that when we're baptized, we're incorporated into the church. We're incorporated into the sheepfold. And it's the church that protects us. It's the church that, that keeps us safe for the gatekeeper. And it's the gatekeeper who's in charge of the whole sheepfold, the church. So when Peter is there speaking that, you know, repent and be baptized, all the people then are baptized, they're incorporated into the church. They're brought in. In baptism, we're baptized in the name of Jesus. We're incorporated into the life of Jesus. Truthfully, the gatekeeper, our Father in heaven, looks upon us then as he looks upon his own son, Jesus. We become the father's adopted children. We become the sheep of his flock. And then there's one thing that I want to point out. How, and, and we see this in the world today. When we look at what's happening now with the coronavirus, when we look at all the leaders, 
those that are really good leaders, we hear their voice and we want to listen to them. But those that are not good leaders, those who are strangers or thieves or robbers, we don't want to listen to their voice. We, we ignore them. The voice of the shepherd means a whole lot to the sheep. The voice of the shepherd speaks tenderness. But it doesn't just speak tenderness. The action of the shepherd has to show that he cares for the sheep. So this voice of the shepherd is, is very important for the sheep because the voice shows care. So when we're baptized and we're incorporated into the church, whenever we experience the voice of the shepherd, we love the church. But if we experience from what we think is the voice of the shepherd, something that's not good, something that we don't like, or something that's hurtful, we immediately scatter. We run someplace else. One last comment about the gate. Uh, the gate, of course, uh, Jesus says, he goes, I am the gate, but also the Holy Eucharist is the gate because the Holy Eucharist is Jesus. During the daily Mass readings, if, for those of you who have been following along, it's from John chapter 6, referring to where Jesus says, I am the living bread who came down from heaven. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has life within him. And because it's, it's through the Holy Eucharist, it's through the very body and blood of Christ, consecrated by a validly ordained priest, not just anybody can do that, consecrated by a validly ordained priest, becomes the body and blood of Christ. And then we who receive him are refreshed. We're given grace. We're given strength. Jesus is the way to heaven. He is the truth. He is the life. A sheep who knows that his or her shepherd loves him will hear the voice of the shepherd. So folks, I know many of you are excited to come back to church. And, and I'm, I'm glad you are. Really, I'm very excited. But one thing that I want, two things really, that I want you to keep in mind as you come back. Allow whatever is in your heart, this desire for the Mass, allow it to grow and allow your hearts to rejoice. Allow your hearts to rejoice. And second of all, know that your hearts cannot fully rejoice unless you place your full trust in Jesus. So pray for the gift of trust, that we might fully trust our shepherd, our king, the one who gives us the vocation to live our life in the way that he wants us to live it.